0: God is awesome. And last week we celebrated, amen, the goodness of Jesus through the gifts of his spirit. And we want to thank God for Brother Isaac uh, Barrera for putting himself in the hands of the Lord. And he's going to come and minister to us again today. Amen. And he's going to bring to us what God has put in his heart. And we're just going to be attentive, but not attentive only, but we're, we're going to be recipients of the word of God. We're going to ask God, God, use him so that we can follow through with what you have given him. Amen. We want to not only hear it, but live it. I said, we don't just want to hear it. We want to live it. So one more time, we let us receive Brother Isaac Barrera in Jesus' name.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord, amen, because it's cold in my apartment right now, and it's pretty warm up in here, and so it's a benefit to be in church, amen. Uh, Wendy does not like the cold, so we've been putting our heater on almost all night, and I'm seeing the result of that in the fact that my bill came in for the gas and stuff, and it shows, amen, that we've been using the heater, amen. Um, but God is good, amen I commend you guys for coming out in the rain In the cold, amen And we're going to um, go for it quickly You um, can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, We're going to read from verse 7 through verse 11 um, As you have your Bibles, i give you a few minutes I also want to thank this time to thank Pastor again Forgive me the, um, the privilege to bring forth the word of God Amen, we're going to go with part 2 um, of this trilogy um, that we have forth, amen? Most things are trilogies, they say they, they lose steam after the first one, but not this one, amen? It's gonna keep building. It's one of those rare trilogies that it gets better and better, amen? So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11, um, verse, verse 7, it says, you can put it up, it says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Amen. So with that, let's go for the Lord and pray right now. Lord, we pray at this time, God. We ask you, Lord, open up our hearts and our minds, God, to receive the word you have for us this afternoon, God. You may anoint my lips with clay, God, and be a vessel they use for your honor and for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may you may take your seats. Emilio, he's give me 30 minutes and we should be done. Amen. There's no Super Bowl today, but amen, there's still be some order. Amen. We should have prayed that the Lakers win. Everything they're playing right now. Amen. They need to make the playoffs. Um, in Jesus' name. Um, we're going to go over part two of today, but just to recap what we went through last week, because um, it's very important that there we grasp this this concept where we're talking about the spiritual gifts, right? And it's not to be confused with the fruits of the spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5. Okay, so there's, there's, there's that distinction between fruit of the spirit and spiritual gifts. There's two different things. And last week we, we talked about the sp- three spiritual gifts and that were part of the category of revelation, uh, or to know, and those are the gifts of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. So those three are categorized as revelation, as to know things, right? So those are the first category, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. And today we're going to talk about another category, another three, Um, but before we we get there, I want to just clarify something that there there is a difference between receiving the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and receiving spiritual gifts. There is a distinction Okay, because in Acts 2.38, Peter, Peter says, and he replies, So I'll repent and be baptized every single one of you for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Right? So the Spirit of God, he says he will give it to you. And, and that's, a, that's also found in Joel 3.23, and also in Acts, it says that I will part upon all flesh of my spirit. Right? So we understand that part. And also we understand that the spiritual gifts is meant for the church. It is meant for the people of God. It is, it is yours, Right? But just because you have the Holy Ghost, it does not mean you have all of the nine gifts that we're going to be talking about. All right? Because if we read in verse 11, it says that the Spirit gives it individually as he wills. So I want to make that clear that once we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we then have access so that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, can give to us the will that he chooses for our lives. Yes, yes. Okay? So that's very, very important that we understand that point, that the Spirit of God will give you according to his will of spirit, right? So it doesn't mean that because you have the Holy Ghost that you can say, I have all nine of them. It means you have the potential to probably receive all nine if the Spirit allows it to happen. Amen? So we have to have that that mindset clear. And also if we're thinking about, because we're going to talk about this next category, and it is the, the, the category of power, the gifts of power. You put the slide. So we're going to talk today about the gifts of power. Last week was the gifts of revelation. Today we're going to talk about the gifts of power. And there's three real line in there. And it's very important to understand that there is no gift better than another one. Right? There's no one particular gift that is higher than another one. Or you may say, which one should I ask for? Which one is better? And the best gift you want to talk about best is the gift that is needed. That's the best gift. That whatever the need is that's the gift that is best at that time. All right, that's the only that's the only way like there's no ranking of gifts that I have this gift that means you're better than me or you're no. All right, especially with the gifts we're going to talk about today, these are the gifts that most people talk about or want. All right? So we have to have that mentality that we need to be mature and understanding and sensitive to the spirit of God when it comes to these gifts because again, I really the gifts of the spirit are not meant to make you popular. They're not meant for people to record you and be put on Instagram, and you get a thousand likes, and people will call you things, and people will, will promote you, and people will invite you places, and your fame will grow. It's not meant for your own personal success. The gifts of the Spirit is meant to give God glory and to and to showcase His power, right? That is the the purpose of the spiritual gifts, right? Because when we look at the spiritual gifts of it of itself, it's, it's, astounding, it's it astounds me very a lot because. We know that there is nothing impossible for God, right? And we, and we go with the belief that there is nothing impossible for God. And we know in Genesis 1, it says that he spoke things and it came into existence. That he did not need the help of people to do things for him, right? But it is in the spiritual gifts that God allows us to participate in his glory, in his power. Yes, yes. He allows us to participate in something that we probably don't deserve To do, but it gives us the ability, the gift to participate, to partake into something that in and of ourselves could not do, and that's why this is very important and something that we should treasure and value in what we have with the Spirit of God. Amen. Because it's not something to to be taken lightly. Um, And the three gifts that we're going to be talking about today, when it comes to the gifts of power, it is faith. It is the gifts of the gifts of healing and miracles. Those are the three gifts that we're going to be talking about today: faith, gifts of healing, and miracles. All right? and we will see how they all pertain to us, and, and what they mean, and and what it means for us as as a as a body of Christ. Amen. And again, I really there's none of these gifts. Even because I have them ranked, there doesn't mean one is better than the other. Faith is hard. That's just the way they are in the verse. That's the way they're 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 mentioned. That's where I, I put them. Because when we when we understand about the body is. The, your pinky cannot tell your eye, your eye cannot tell your pinky that it's greater than the pinky or that your eye is better than whatever body part or than the knee is more important than the ankle. And man, that does not work that way. And man, recently, last year in May, I, I dislocated and fractured my left ankle and I realized how important my, le- my left ankle was. Because right? usually I look at my ankle, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But when I broke it, it not only affected my ankle, but it affected my whole left leg, it affected my arms because I could no longer... Right? I, couldn't, I needed crutches to, to walk now and affected everything because I broke a left ankle. Right? You can't see my ankle because it's like socks or whatever, right? but you can't see it, but it is crucial. Right? And that's the thing we have to understand. I really need to um, bring that forward that there is nothing, there is no gift that you can say I'm greater than you because I work in this gift because it is not yours. It is because the Spirit gives it to you according to the need that we have. Amen? So once we go to that, the first gift we're going we're gonna to be talking about today is the gifts of healing. And the gifts of healing, and, and the definition, the way we, we can summarize it, it is a supernatural healing of people for whom we pray without human aid or medicine. Right? And if you read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7-11, when it talks about gifts of healing, it says gifts of healings. There is an S attached to Gifts. It's not single. it is doesn't mean it means it's plural, right? And everything in the Bible is meant for a purpose. If you read the Bible carefully, every word they use, everything they break down the comma, and the semicolons, all that that's where English class is very important because then you understand how things are broken down. Yes is putting a comma after like after different words, right? because there's certain grammar grammar rules and stuff. But in this case, in this verse, it says there are gifts of healings, meaning that there are different types of healings being done. is it is not just, One type, and also to clarify this, because sometimes we hear gifts of healing, and some of us we 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 go to one extreme to another. And if you get sick or something, it's like, well, I'm not gonna go to the doctor anymore. Like, there's no need for doctors. There's no need for Tylenol. There's no need for Excedrin. There's no need for none of this stuff, right? The Bible, the Word of God, and science work together. There's not just because oh, I believe in healing that I'm gonna I'm gonna stop taking my medicine, my insulin for my diabetes. I'm gonna stop taking this. Like, no. It does not work that way. They work in combination together. Science can confirm when God has healed you. There is, there is a confirmation that works together. Amen? Amen? And when we talk about the gifts of, of healing, we understand that we, in us, have the ability or the, the Spirit of God can operate in us to heal someone else. Right? By laying of hands or, or praying for them or for them to, to they have a need to pray for them they will be healed. Amen. And this is where we see different counts of this in the Bible. We can go to Acts chapter 28, verse 8 and 9, and we're going to see the, this example that, that Paul went through in, in, in his life. And it says, as, as I put it up, it says, And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick with a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9, it says, So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came, also came and were healed. Amen. All this because Paul operated in that of, of healing. Amen. And you go to Acts chapter 3, verse 6, and it says, Then Peter and then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to rise up and walk. And all these things are are ways of where God manifests Himself. Through a person to heal someone and that is what we have you see we we have different accounts of these stories in the bible where people were were, were healed and it instantly right and we always talk about things that happened in the past or especially in the bible in the book of acts you will find countless miracles that the disciples will later do and paul will do and then you will see that with jesus christ when, when he was doing his ministry for three years did a lot, a lot of miracles and only a few of them were accounted because they said that if you were to write down every miracle that Christ did, there would not be enough books to record what he had done. That's right. right? So we have to understand that healing is not a thing of the past but a thing of now. Yes. And we have to understand that if we allow the spirit of God and we allow ourselves to be used by God, we have the power to heal. All right. And with all due respect to our pastor and our ministers and our deacons, we don't need them to come to us to get healed. Right, see we have a great pastor and a great minister of body that if you call them, they will go to you, they will go to your home, they will go to the hospital to pray for you, to lay hands for you. Right? They will do that for you, but it is not necessary because you have the you if you pray and God can operate in you in the gift of healing. Because you don't need a position or a title to heal someone. Amen. You don't need to be able to lay hands on someone on their head. For them to pray, to pray for them to be healed. Healing doesn't need to happen in these four walls. Because if we talk about the church, the church is the body. It is not this building means we are the church. That wherever we go, the spirit goes with us. And that's something we have to understand. That we are the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in me. That's why I said in the last week, it is important for us to understand that we need the spirit of God in our lives. Because in Acts 1.8, it says that you shall receive power when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's right. And it's something that we need to have. And I remember when I was about 11 years old, I mean, it was like eight or nine. Um, my, my, mom, my mom always has suffered with, with migraines. Anybody here suffer with migraines? I know my, my wife suffered with migraines. It's really, really bad. You know, I've never had a migra- I've had headaches, but I never had a migraine and when I see my wife now who, who gets like migraine occasionally, it's debilitating because they can't do anything. They just want to curl up in bed or on the couch and just, like, want the pain to go away, right, because it's a constant pain in, in their head. And and I remember my, my mom we were talking, my mom will always suffer with, with, with migraines, and at this time, my, my dad would work at night, so my dad would go to work at 6 o'clock in the evening and he wouldn't get out till about 6 o'clock in the morning. So since I was the oldest, I was like the man of the house, right? Did, at 11 years old, from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., it was my home. Um, and I remember one night my, my mom woke us up and um, she called me and Isaiah over to her to her room and she was crying because of the pain and she could not go to sleep and she was tired of being in this position. She was tired of just, like, rolling around the bed with this pain constantly in her head, in the, in the temple of her head that would not go away. And she took medicine, and it did not help. And she couldn't take more medicine because it was already, the time had to be passed, so She she couldn't take any more. And also for other medical, because she, she couldn't take any more. So she was there laying in pain. So she called me and my brother, and she called us to the, to, to her, to the foot of her bed, and she told me, like, you need to pray for me. Right, and again, I was only 11 years old. And this is why it's important if you're a parent, and especially for me, when I become a parent, Lord willing, that your kids watch what you do. And this is a sign of the kids watch what you do and how you do it. That's what the Bible says, to instruct your child right when he's young in the word of the Lord. And he will not to, as you go, he will not to depart from it. Right? And this is after my mom calls and says, you need to pray for me. Like, your dad's not home. I'm not going to wake up your grandfather in the middle of the night to come pray for me. Like, you need to pray. And I was 11 years old, and I wasn't as eloquent, and I didn't know exactly what words to use. But I did know one thing, and something that we've seen in Acts when when Peter, when when Peter prayed for the man in the Church of the Beautiful, he declared a name that had power. You see, so it's not about me. It's not about the person. It's not about how old you are, how much experience you have. What knowledge you have? What school you went to? What family you're from? So, I was 11 years old. My mom told me to pray for her, and I put my head where her pain was at, in the in the side of her head. And all I did was I declared in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this migraine right now, and I also say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That's all I knew how to say is like in the name of Jesus. But sometimes when we allow the Spirit of God to operate through us. All we need to do is declare the name that is above every other name. That's all it takes. And from that moment forward, my mom has never had another migraine in her life. Right? Because there is healing power in the name of Jesus. Again, see, you, sometimes we, we wait for a title, we wait for a point where I'm good spiritually, where, where I'm good, where I'm good, where I know enough, where I'm confident enough. But all you need to do is to have when you have the spirit of God in your life and you allow God to say, use me, Lord, in whatever way you want to. And the spirit of God will give you if the need comes for, it, for you to operate in the gifts of healing. He will use you and people will be healed for his glory. Because see, it's not about just in the church because if you have a friend that is sick. If you have a family member that is sick, you can go and pray for them. The spirit of God can operate through you. And then people will know the power of the living God. Because they will be converted by signs and wonders that we shall do. And that's when we have to understand that we cannot be afraid to, to walk in the spiritual realm. Because when we walk in the spiritual, you will see supernatural things happen. Another story is, when they tell me this when my grandfather. I got to tell you something about my grandfather. My grandfather goes a little extreme um, because he's a really mad of faith and a, and a prayer. Um, my Aunt Judy, when, when they were younger, she, she battled with, with asthma. And she would have big time asthma attacks. And she couldn't breathe. And this was a time when my grandfather and my family, they were a family of eight. Um, and they had just came over to the to, to United States, to Mexico, and they had no family. They had no friends really here. They, really, they didn't really have that many church friends because they had just barely moved here. And I said that one night, my Aunt Judy had a, she had a big attack, and she couldn't breathe. She was grasping for air, and she kept on coughing, and she said that she would bounce up in the bed because she was trying to fight for breath. And this is the faith my grandfather had. And this is why I told my grandpa, you're a, little, you're a little, he's something else. Because when he prayed to God to heal my aunt, he laid his hands on her. And he prayed, "That Lord, you may take this away from her. But then this is where he goes a little further than most of us. Because he says, if you don't, you can take her from me. Because he did not want to see her, his daughter, in pain anymore. That she was grasping for air, that she could not breathe. So my grandpa said, I got to pray so you put his hands on her, and he prayed that she would be healed of this infliction. And from that moment on, my aunt has not had any more asthma attacks, has not had any problems with her lungs or anything else from the moment that she prayed for her. Not only that, but now my aunt sings. And I said, I know her lungs are fine because she keeps singing and singing and singing. And even when we get together as a family, we can't stop her from singing. And so we know that her lungs are are Okay. Amen. But it is gifts of healing Amen. that we have it in us. That sometimes we think that you need to be a minister, you need to be a deacon, and you need to have oil, or you need to have this, you need to have the white words to say. There needs to be a certain, like, spell or something special words you got to release, and then it has to happen. But it's not that. The verse says that the Spirit gives willingly to individually to those. As he wills. And it's meant for us. It's meant for the church. It's meant for every single person in this place. We have the opportunity to operate in the gift of healing. If the Lord wills it, and we will pray, and we will see. Right? Because sometimes we see it, and we hear people, but there's nothing until you experience it. Right? Because I remember Brother Vegas went and preached, and he said, some people won't really believe until they have an experience with the power of God. And that's where we come into place. Because it's not just about us in this, in, this, in this room right here, in this church. It's about those out there that are sick, that they tell you that they're sick, that they tell you that they have family members that are sick, and they tried everything else, but they haven't tried Jesus yet. And that's where we come into place, so that we may edify and we will bring people together and we, we, we advance the kingdom of God. And that's all through the gifts of healing, right? Because it's not just one specific healer. Right? There's different diseases. Sometimes you will be able to heal people of certain diseases, and other people will be able to heal people of a different kind of disease, a different kind of illness. But it's all meant for the church, amen? And it's something that is, that is of ours. And the second gift, We're going to speak about is the gift of miracles. And the definition that we find for this one, or where we can explain it, is it is a supernatural work performed through a child of God that transcends the laws of nature and human ability. Amen. The word of God says that wonder it says signs and wonders will follow you. It says greater things you shall do. Right? The Bible says, greater things you shall do. I don't know about you, but Jesus did some crazy stuff in the Bible. He rose people from the dead. He put people's eyes back and did all kinds of stuff. And yet he says, greater things you shall do. But you got to believe. You got to be able to, again, walk in the spiritual realm. You got to be able to go a little bit further in your walk with God. God. Right, because in the psalm it says that he who does work for, my, for, for the father will do things in the deep waters. And things where you don't really know, I don't know how I can explain this one. I don't know how this really works. I, my, my schooling takes me so far. But if you go out into the deep with God and you let go and you let the spirit of God work through you, you will see great things happen in your midst. Amen. And one thing we have to understand this with healings as well with miracles is every healing is a miracle, but not every miracle is a healing, right? So we have to distinguish that, that every healing is considered a miracle, but not every miracle is considered a healing, Amen. Right? Because we see, we see miracles when Christ was in the boat with the disciples and they were in the midst of, of a storm that all he had to do was, says, was say cease or stop. And says that the wind and the waves obeyed and they stopped. Yes, you did. Man, we see that when Elijah, all he had to do was say the word and say, It will not rain, and it did not rain. Right? Reading that verse again in the Bible it says that Elijah didn't consult God, right? He just said it wasn't gonna rain, and it didn't rain. He prayed for fire, and fire came down from heaven. I don't know about you, but that would be pretty crazy if you pray like, Lord, send on fire, and literally fire will come down. That's some type of miracle. But the thing is, the Bible says, greater things you shall do. But we need to be able to activate that what we have in us, and it is the Spirit of God. Because sometimes we, we again, we, we placate or we, we come too content that we've spoken in tongues, we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we leave it at that. And that's it. We're satisfied. We're at the tip of the iceberg. Of I've spoken in tongues and that's all the spirit of God is. But it's not. It's just the beginning of what God has in store for you. Because right here it says that we all work together. We need these gifts in the body of Christ. We need to see miracles. We need to be able to exercise the power of God. And like I said, God has allowed us to be participants in this. He has called you that you may be a participant to perform a miracle for his honor, for his glory. But again, it is not meant for you or for us to get a big head. Because again, in these two gifts, when, you, when we, if the spirit of God allows us to operate in them, it will become human nature for you to think highly of yourself. To think, well, I prayed and that person got healed. Or I prayed and this happened. And I declared this and it came to pass. And it becomes about me. And you start popping your collar about that it's my gift, that it's mine. And it's not that way. It's not about me. It's not about that it's my gift. But it's about the power of God that he allows us and he grants us this, this privilege that we have. But we have to look at it that way. That in you, through your blood, do you flows the power of the living God. But how many of us truly believe that in me, in this human flesh, dwells that of the power of the living God? Because if you don't believe it, right, because sometimes, well, God, I need you to use me, right? And we start telling God to use me and use me. But if you don't even believe it yourself, that you can't be used. That's why we need to consecrate ourselves. And be ready for what's about to happen. Because right in the beginning of the year, we had the the fast. And we were preparing for for spiritual warfare. And we were praying and we were reading the word of God. Right? And and I asked how many of us continue to do that now. I asked myself, have I stopped what I was doing in the beginning of the year with the fast? Right? Because it says that it's spirit-given. It is spirit-led. But if we're not led by the Spirit, it means we're not being led. We're not being moved forward. It means we're still what we have. But in order to have access to these gifts, we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to be able to activate the power of God that is in us. If we can go to John 14, verse 12. We're going to see what, what it says here. And it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do... He will, also, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my father. And let me go to Acts twelve seven. And this is when, when Peter was free from the prison. And it says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter and, and on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. It was a miracle. He was freed from prison. He didn't get a pardon. He just took him out. Right? That's why I said all healings are miracles, but not all miracles are healings. Right? Because everything we believe in God, things can happen. Miracles can occur. We can be accessed. We can be part of the miracles of God. Amen? I remember one, one time my, my, my dad considers a miracle, right, where one day, we were we would go to church in Maywood from Highland Park. And this is where it's kind of tough for my dad because um, his father-in-law, my grandpa, was a pastor at the time. So there was no, there was no such thing as um, you can't make it to church or none of that, right, because he will have to see him at home anyways. Um, so my dad had it tough that way. Um, but this one time, we, um, we were low on gas. Have you guys ever been on low on gas? Right? Sometimes, how many of you guys are risk takers who are low on gas? we so are like, well, I can still... Uh, I can still take it. I still got a few more miles, and then once it goes to zero, it still means I got five miles left. I don't know how true that is, um, right? But there's one time I, we had no guys. We had very little guys. You ever know from Highland Park to Maywood, especially on a Friday night, it's a lot of traffic on the 710. All right, so it's not far. We didn't have that much guys. We didn't have um, much money to pay for guys. And we had to go to church though. So my dad and my mom were, were talking about it, and they like, well, should we go to church or should we stay? What do we do? So they decided, you know, we're just going to go to church and see what happens, right? And then, unfortunately for my parents, they had two kids, two younger kids that were really annoying and were hungry. And Isaiah the, and Nisa, I wasn't. I was, the, I was the, the beating kid. I was fine with tortillas and beans and stuff. And I need McDonald's, amen. Um, but they were with, my brothers were hungry, as so we went to church with no money, my dad's plan was like, I'm just gonna tell my, your dad, my grandpa, for like for 20 bucks just to get us back home, All right? And it says that after the service, before my dad got to, got to talk to, to my grandpa about our situation, that, that a sister went up to my mom and she told my mom, I feel it in the spirit to give you this. And my mom didn't know, like, what else. She shook her hand. And when she shook her hand, the sister gave her something. And she gave my mom $40, right? The sister didn't know. My, my parents very probably don't ask for money, it was, right? It would be a private cost for my grandfather. But so the sister told my mom, like, the spirit, I feel it in my spirit to, to give you something, to do something for you, right? And in my family, at the time of our need that we needed, that we had no more gas, I mean, I had my two younger brothers wanted their McChicken nuggets and their What Happened Meal and stuff, that the sister did not know the kind of miracle she was about to do in my family's life. Because not only did we have time, enough money for gas, my brothers got their, what they call like, uh, Happy Meals, my brothers got that and stuff. Amen. All because we don't know how much of a blessing we can be and we operate in the spirit and the spiritual and the yeah. gifts of God. Amen. But we had to be able to allow God to work through us. And I'm almost done. I mean, go to the last gift, the gift of faith. And it says it is a a supernatural ability to believe God for a special need without human doubt, unbelief, or reasoning. Right? The Bible says that it is without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? You need to have faith. Right? Faith is a very tricky thing because it's so easy to say you need to have faith. All right, have faith. Everybody told you like you need to have faith in God, and it sounds like oh yeah, that's like easier said than done at times, man. When you go into some stuff, it, it it's it's tough. And in the Word of God it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And again, that's a catchy verse to say we walk by faith and not by sight. But it's a, it is a different thing when you have to walk in it. Amen. This faith, this gift of faith is extraordinary Is faith is extraordinary for a special occasion that God needs to work through us and manifest his power through our faith. So it's not just a little bit of faith. And, man, we're going to see this, and I, this this verse tripped me out. And you can go to um, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. And this is what what the kind of faith that Paul had. And I want to get to this type of faith. And it says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Right? But catch what he says about faith, though. He says, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains. That's Paul speaking. And Paul's very blunt about how he believes in himself, about Right? Because we know Paul, walked, Paul has a special relationship with, with God. And he says that he had this faith to remove mountains. And the Bible always refers to faith as to you have a faith of a mustard seed. You can tell a mountain to move and it will move. Amen? But this gift of faith, we need to be able to have it where we have no doubt about what we're about to do. Because right. sometimes we say we have faith. But in the back of our mind, we're like, well, I don't know what happened. I actually believe it's going to happen. I'm not too sure. God's really going to answer, right? When you, when you see John and Peter, when they're walking in the time of prayer and they see that lame man in, in the Church of the Beautiful, Peter has complete faith in what he's about to do. He has no doubt, right? Because then he say that he laid hands on the lame man. It says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto you. And he tells him, rise up and walk. That's some extra type of faith. You see, to order to, in order to operate in the gifts of healing and miracles, you need to have a special type of faith where it's unwavering in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your circumstance, that you look beyond that because sometimes life can hit you like, like no other. It will be like a wave that hits you right in the face, and it takes your path away. Right, cause you ever see like where waves, like you go, like people that surfing stuff, the big old waves you can't see beyond the horizon after the wave or the tsunami and so stuff you can't see it, and sometimes that's the way we are in our lives, where we can't see beyond the storm that we're in, but if we're able to operate in the gift of faith, it's without human doubt and reason and understanding that like I'm gonna make it through, I'm gonna make it through. Because I know that God has not left me, that has not forsaken me. And I believe that I can make it. But it is unwavering to know that God is with me. Because see the verse, we walk by faith and not by sight. It takes a special type of person to live that verse. Because too many times we got to see to where we're going. Especially now with the rain, it gets dangerous, right? When you, when you drive, you kind of want to see that if there's a car be, like in front of you or behind you. But when it comes to the things of God and we're able to walk by faith, and like, God, I can't see but a foot in front of me. But I know you're there. I know you're right beside me. And although things are crashing behind me, by my side and in front of me, behind me, I know you're there. And the verse says, I walk by faith. It is an action. Faith is not just a word that you use to fill it as a filler. It is an action verb. It requires something of you to walk. That's what it says, we walk by faith. Because walking is an action. So if it goes in conjunction with faith, it doesn't I stand in faith. Because faith causes you, causes you to move. And we need to be able to pray and operate in faith and tell people that there is a solution for your problem uh, that there is someone there that can save you uh, of your addiction or whatever it is that you're going through I have absolute faith uh, that it doesn't matter what the evidence tells me uh, I know the result of what's going to happen in your life uh, but you got to speak it with all certainty, with all confidence with all conviction and sometimes when we think about God we don't we fall short of going all out for God of saying that it's gonna happen. Right? Because sometimes we want to tell people you're gonna be healed. And we stop short because we're like, well, what if they're not? And we stop short, like you're gonna the job is yours. And we stop short because we doubt. We have doubt. Right? And it's not bad and we have doubt, but sometimes when we all bring the gift of the faith, it removes all doubt. Right? It doesn't mean that you know what's gonna happen. You don't know how it's gonna happen, but it's going to happen. Right? In in my job, I work in the legal field and they base cases based on the evidence that is before them to make the case. And with God, it works the opposite. He flips it, He gives you the result that's gonna happen. So if you know the result, just, just walk in it. Just walk in the result. And the evidence will fall for you. Right? The thing is, we gotta understand. When you operate in the gift of faith, uh, you walk without knowing the evidence. You walk in the victory of it now. You walk in your healing now. That I'm healed. The evidence shows contrary to that. But I know that all things are possible through God. And if I walk by faith and not by sight, I'm going to be okay. But you got to do it unwavering. Because we know that God is with us, and as you stand to your feet, as I begin to close, we need to demonstrate these power gifts in our church and in our lives. You see, there are too many people out in the world that preach a false doctrine, that preach that there's three in heaven, that there's three gods. They believe in Mother God, and they believe in all these different types of ideologies and philosophies. But it's our time now that we rise up as a church of the living God, of the God that came, that we besought his glory, that of the, of the Son, and besought his glory, that we rise up in a demonstration of power, that we're not just a church of the book of Acts, That happened back 2,000 years ago. That we're the continuation of that book. That we're going to rise up as a church of power. A church of people. That when we pray, people are healed. uh, That when we pray, miracles are happening. uh, That doors are beginning to open. uh, That we operate in the gift of faith. That unbelief, that that no matter what people tell me, it's going to come true. Because we believe in the living God. And we're a one body, one accord. We cannot get jealous if one brother operates in the gifts of of, of healing and be envious of them that because God only likes them. No, we're a one body that when one does it and one operates in that gift, then we rejoice with them because we're one body. I'm telling my body was happy when I can finally walk on my ankle that means I can I mean, walk on both feet now. I didn't have to use the strength of my arms. We have to rejoice with one another. that we're one body in Christ. And the spirit gives willingly, individually, for the need that is before you. But we have to be sensitive to the spirit. We have to get right before God so that he can use us because the thing again and the thing that got to me is that God wants to use me. And it's not because my mom tells me because she tells me all the time. I'm like, okay, because I think she's my mom, she has to tell me. But it wasn't until you actually believe it for yourself that the spirit of God, when it's in you, that the spirit's about to move in your life and he will operate in you He will import of himself a gift for you to operate in, for you to work in for his glory. That's what we're here to do. We have to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to have the demonstration, but we need to get right with God. Because sometimes God wants to use you, but we're not ready to receive the gift. It's right there. You have it. But we got to get right with God. And i open up this altar and I, and, I, and I invite you so that we can get right with God. So we can tell, we can ask God like David, said, search me, oh Lord. Search me in the deepest part of me so that you can use me. And I ask you and I invite you to come. I invite everyone to come to this place. That you have the Holy Ghost, uh, And the Lord, that the Spirit of God may move in your life and he will give to you freely the gift that he has in store for you. And if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that today is your day. That you may have access to the benefits that come from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. For it is here. People are going to be saved through our demonstration of the power of God but we have to be willing, we have to consecrate ourselves. We need to tell the Lord, search me, oh God, cleanse me of my iniquities, make me white as snow, return the, return the joy of my salvation. And you will see that you have power like no other power, that you have power with the living God, that when you pray, people will be healed And when you pray for your husband, for your wife, they're going to be healed. There is healing power in you. There is miracle power in this place. We just have to ask God to cleanse us, Lord. That you may use us, my God. That we may be vessels for your honor, for your glory. That we may be partakers of your kingdom. That this church is about to operate in the supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do things that we've never seen before. We're going to do things that people have never seen before. And it will all be for the glory of the name of Jesus. And as I'm going to ask you to open up your hearts and just cry out to God to use us, Lord. Tell the Holy Spirit. Give us that passion, that fire, my God. That your spirit may give to us, Lord, our gift. For there is a gift for every single person in this place. About the age. Oh, when we need a spirit, Lord, I-